everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0? Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground. Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones. Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah, there's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of. But there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up. Plus, we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives. You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Are single people being neglected in the church? We'll find out today on The Sound of Sanity. Hey, welcome to The Sound of Sanity today, guys. It's, 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 my, my name is Nathan Opperson, your humble and obedient host, joining you for yet another episode. I am, of course, the creative director of Warhorn Media, and I'm joined by, quite possibly, my two best friends in the whole wide world. <sighs> and the first one of those is uh, Pastor Jacob Menzel. You know him as Commander Daddy if you're one of his kids. You know him as the pastor who's a master of reading if you've ever listened to the bookening. You know him as Pastor Jacob Menzel if you come to Clear Note Church in beautiful southern bloomington indiana you know him as the chief the chief executive officer ceo of clearnote media of clearnote media clearnote media oh <laughs> boy warhorn media it's gonna be one of those days folks didn't get much sleep last night i was listening to the great ridley scott do a commentary he obviously isn't trying anymore the whole commentary was just him describing what was going on on the screen he was just saying things like all right now the alien is popping out there and she's very scared as you can see she's very scared it was one of those commentaries the worst kind of folks if i ever do a movie and then i do the commentary for it i'm going to try and provide you more value than that i'll tell you production stories tell you some hot goss from behind the scenes when they do the warhorn movie and me and jake provide the commentary we'll tell you how they how they switched it up how it really happened right jake that's right, Nathan. Who, who do you think will play you in the Warhorn movie? I know you're probably thinking Chris Evans. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'll really be able to nail that that part of the Warhorn story where some bad guys had stolen our documents and we were getting away on a helicopter and you had to hold the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. From uh, <laughs> to, to the to the building. Yeah. With your little muscles bulging. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jake, of course, looks exactly like Chris Evans. If you've never watched any video or seen any photographs from Warhorn Media, then I can guarantee uh, Jake looks like just exactly like uh, Chris Evans. Who would play you, Nathan? Who would play me? Well, (laughs) that's not for me to decide, Jake. (laughs) I'm not going to say I got nothing. (laughs) Now, Jake, of course. I'm trying to think which Avenger you. Which Avenger I would. Which Avenger would I be? That's a fun. Folks. Chris Hemsworth would play you, Nathan. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah, I am able to wear, wear, wield the Thor. Uh, the wield the, the Thor of hammer. <laughs> I am able to wear, wield the Thor of hammer. I'm arguably one of the only people that can wield the Thor of hammer. Now, <laughs> million dollar question though. The question on everyone's lips, the thing on the tip of their tongue, is what Avenger would our faithful PA Ben Solzer be played? Bye. Ben, <laughs> what adventure would you be? Oh. Would you be uh maybe uh, Ant-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Ant-Man is pretty cool. You are small of stature? Right, right. And kind of an annoying side character in right. the in the Warhorn universe. Right, Basically right. irrelevant. Able, able able to go unnoticed until the proper time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, welcome to Sound of Sanity today, folks. Sound of Sanity, of course, the show where you get to bask in sanity for a, a scant hour of your life with us, the three most sane people in the whole entire world. Uh, today, guys, we're going to talk about a thing that made us feel insane. And the thing that uh, made me feel a little bit insane this week is this whole idea that I've been seeing pop up on the Gospel Coalition quite a bit of singles awareness. Jake, you want to tell us what singles awareness is? Singles awareness is what happens when you have a church full of young, entitled millennials who are woefully prepared to be married or for various other reasons are not married, and they think that everything has to be about them. And so they're like, hey, why do you always talk about families and married people and kids? Singles are important too. Pay attention to us and write articles about us so that we feel better about ourselves. Something like that, right? Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> no, I think we pretty much. I think you pretty much said what needed to be said on that. <laughs> what about me? Well, I mean, I'm I'm single. So what? What about me? I just I don't think that's. I think we should keep going. I don't think that's fair. Uh, ben Solzer is single, folks. And uh, is there any less surprising piece of information? <laughs> uh, maybe the fact that you're single, Nathan. That is a v- in fact less surprising. That is. Lo- <laughs> Oh, this is unprecedented. The, the, the devil's advocacy alarm is going off this early in the program. Wow. Now, guys, the devil's advocacy alarm, the DAA, this is, of course, is the part of the show where somebody has to play the devil's advocate. And I thought that I'd do it as a, as a single man. I feel like, Jake, you know, you've, Jake's played the devil's advocate in the last two episodes. And I tried. Oh, yeah, you did. Is that what we call that? (laughs) That one time. Yeah, I don't even know if that made the final cut, but uh, (laughs) I think it did. Did did that end up in uh, what episode was that? Wonder Woman. It made it. Oh, yeah, that made it into Wonder Woman. Ben tried to play the devil's advocate for Wonder Woman. It was a miserable failure um, because he's so, he could not even assume the point of view of a nasty femme Nazi Wonder Woman. That's why. Uh, I, however. (laughs) Jake, however. (laughs) But, you know, Jake, sometimes I think he he tips his hand a little bit. You know, he plays into the villainy of his character. So I'm going to try. Just try and assume the point of view of someone who supports the singles awareness stuff. Who I'm just going to try and be that character, and uh, you know, in a, in a really nuanced, realistic way. You guys, good with that? Yeah, good with that. All right, here I go. Boo-hoo! <laughs> I'm a single guy. <laughs> Hi. Why doesn't the church care about me? Singleness is challenging. Here I am in my my mom's basement, and the church doesn't love me. Right. Well, hi, single guy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Are you a married, important person in the church? I am a married person in the church. Well, then the church probably provides lots of materials and resources for you. Um, because that's what the church does. It provides materials and resources. And when the pastor gets up in the pulpit, he preaches and he says, Now all you husbands need to remember to apply these verses in such a way that your wife will feel that you're applying them. And he doesn't remember to talk about the single guys. Well... You're probably the kind of guy that would ask me, why aren't you married? Like as if marriage is what constitutes my uh, acceptability before God. Uh, Who exactly has said that to you before? Like one person. (laughs) But it made me feel really unwelcome when I came to my small group, which meets at the home of, guess what, a married couple with children. Oh, yeah. At a time that's convenient for all the married couples. Uh-huh. Uh, what times exactly are more convenient for you? And uh, where did you say you lived again? In my mother's basement. Would your mother's basement be a conducive place to host a small group? If we could meet in my mother's basement at about 11 p.m. at the night when I get off of my shift at Hardee's, <laughs> <laughs> okay. then the church would be reaching out to me, a single guy. Uh-huh. Well, um, life's hard, and get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what they all say. (laughs) Now, Ben, you—you're a single guy. I've noticed. Yeah, it's—it's true. You—you sound and act almost exactly like me, a single guy. Oh, really? I'm sorry to hear that. It's Uh, almost our voices are almost indistinguishable. I would say that that's true as an outside objective listener. Oh, okay. And he's a married guy, so his opinion has weight. I guess he does. I don't know what I could say to a married guy. Not much, unless you find yourself a woman. She falls in love with you and marries you. What about, are you looking for a woman right now yourself? It sounds like you're really concerned about this. Women frighten me! (laughs) (laughs) Well... I've got my mother. (laughs) You should really get an apartment of your own, man. My shift manager isn't very nice to me and won't let me come work full time at White Castle, wherever I said I worked. (laughs) I'm already forgetting my details here. You said Hardee's before. Oh, Hardee's, of course. So how do you love the church, single guy? Publishing several blog posts a a week on... uh, What's that video game called that all the single guys Elder, like? Elder Scrolls. On Elder Scroll and the <laughs> the theological implications therein. Uh, you should probably stop playing video games entirely. Uh, help set up chairs or, you know, do janitorial work or something. That would be more useful. See, this is exactly what happens is all the married folks and their, uh, what do you call those slaves that... We're happy to be slaves, those guys. What? <laughs> Uncle Tom's. Uh, oh, like oh, yes. Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're just happy for, for single guys to be used as the labor. You know, the, the married people obviously are going to do the big spiritual work. So you, you're saying that uh, the, the, the work that single people do in labor doesn't matter? Is that what you're saying? Yes or no. <laughs> if I understood what you meant. <laughs> I'm not sure if you did. Yeah, God values the work you do to serve the church. Like with when your I publish my reviews of Elder Scrolls. No, that's not really serving the church at all. That's uh, just serving your own self centered pleasures. You should really try to love people in the church where they're at. Well, it would be very easy to do that if there were groups for single people or things like that, if the church was able to put me together with some like minded people, but instead. 
yeah, I don't think you need any like-minded people. I think <laughs> I think it would be really good for you to be with married couples who aren't anything like you, in fact, and that would probably help you the most. Could love their kids, have a meal with them. You could cook a meal for them. You could you could offer to help paint their houses, and you could do all kinds of things in your spare time that would connect you with real people. You guys strike me as guys that haven't read First Corinthians seven. Why don't you remind us about that? Go ahead, tell us what that says. It says that being single is preferable, and Paul's single, and he wishes everyone could be single just like him. Please tell me how your life is like the life of the Apostle Paul's. We'll wait. I got beat up by some Greeks one time. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. <laughs> they didn't like my Elder Scroll review. <laughs> no, but that's a, you, you're, you're doing a straw person argument or something like that. The Apostle Paul definitely says right there in black and white in the Bible, he says that... Uh, it's better to marry than to burn? Yeah, he says that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing purity-wise? Well... <laughs> Uh huh. Sounds like you're a slave to your lusts. That's because no woman will give me the time of day. Maybe no woman will give you the time of day because you are a slave to your lusts. And you just need to grow up, become a man, and get over yourself. Which would be very easy, once again, if the church provided resources for people like me, a single guy. We have resources. It's called uh, the preaching of the word, the sacraments, and uh, the families in our church that love you and care about you. But you won't listen to any of them. You just want to whine and mope and sit in your mom's basement and complain about everybody and pretend that everybody should be catering to you instead of, you know, doing real work to serve and love others in our church and community. So why don't you grow up? Get a real job, get over yourself, and uh, get a haircut while you're at it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. It's me, the single guy. I did what Jake said, and I'm a lot happier. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. (laughs) That was some really good advice. Thank you very much. (laughs) I grew up, got a haircut, uh, served the church, and I'm not whining and complaining anymore. And uh, good advice, sir. Good advice. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. What can, what can we extrapolate from that <laughs> wonderful little morality play that we just wow. did? I am very annoyed with, in case you can't tell, I, am, <laughs> I myself, as a single guy, am very annoyed with these articles that have been published. Ben, you're a single guy. How do you feel about these, uh, these single things, singleness things? Uh, they're tepid at best. Do you think that there's any value to them whatsoever? Do you think that there are some people that need to remember that marriage and family, you know, it's not, you know, Dr. Dobson made it sound like in the 1990s that was that was what the Christian right embraced and maybe we need to take a step back and realize there's more to life than that? Is there any... Is there any... If there were a church where families were not welcoming to single people and they were like... They just were not really interested in having you over for dinner, and you couldn't really help them with anything, and there was no place for you to love people to get plugged in. And a church like that was just proud and cold and stuff, unless you were married. I mean, you'd have to find me a church like this, and you'd have to, you know, I'd have to see that. But and otherwise, you'd have to see it not through the eyes of a self-absorbed single person who would right. see that anywhere and everywhere he goes. If you if you love the church and you love the people in the church, then you <clears throat> you have to have faith in what Paul says when he prays in Ephesians. Oh, I think chapter two. Oh no. Oh well. Anyway, he prays that the Ephesians will have their eyes open to the riches of God's glorious inheritance in the saints, and that means seeing that the glory of God is in the saints, and that you have to love and value the people in your church the way God does. And if you don't see that as a treasure, then 
you're not really looking for anything valuable. You're just looking for self-indulgence. Yeah. Well, I think that is the first important point I would make. And it's one that's been very much borne out in my own personal experience. As a single guy, if I'm busy, you know, we can get into 1 Corinthians 7 and all that sort of stuff. But if I'm always thinking about the ways that the church can best care for me and give me the jobs that I like to do, I don't even know what to say about that. It's just so stupid. I found it's been a great help and great growth to me to have to orient my life around other people. And the fact is, uh, married people do, with kids, do constitute the great majority of the people in my church. The fact is that they are much less mobile and able to do things. So you do have to build things like small group or church events or things like that around them. And it's nothing to get my underwear in a wad about, you know? I mean, it just... uh... This seems so dumb and obvious, I don't even know how to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, well, you know, we all go through different stages of life, and we all, you know, every every married couple was single once. Right. And uh, the fact is, there are stages of life that you go through. And my wife, for instance, we have two kids in school, three kids now in school, and we have four kids at home who are all four and under. And the things just my wife can't do. And there are things that she, she has to do. So... Certain things that our church does has to have to. Well, look, when I was a single guy, I became a Christian going into my senior year of high school, and I came up to school, and I got ended up getting plugged into a church. And you know what I did? I got to a place where I was able to meet with the pastor and be discipled by that pastor. I was having dinner in the homes of members of that church on a regular, weekly basis, trying to learn what married life was like, trying to serve mowing grass for married couples, things like that. I paid attention to how I dressed. I was at a church where the adult men mostly wore suits and ties, so I started wearing a suit and tie to church because I wanted to be a respectable member of that church uh, that was given responsibility, and I was. And I started, I got involved in the worship team, and I got involved leading uh, senior high Sunday school classes, ended up being given a key to the church. Any way I could, I could, I could put my hands to the plow and used the extra time I had as a college student to help build. I led Awana. I led the music for Awana. Anything I could do. And, you know, and before that, and it was a volunteer thing. It was like they had an Awana program and it was pretty big. They had nobody to lead music, so they played a tape. It's like, well, I can play a guitar. I can carry a tune sort of enough for kids to be engaged. And so, you know, it's like, okay, here's a place. Here's a place. Here's a place. Here's a place um, where there's a need. Well, and actually... Maybe it's helpful. This might sound weird and insulting, but you're not being falsely modest when you say you can play a guitar and hold a tune, sort of. You actually are being appropriately humble when you say you can basically play a guitar and hold it. Like, it's not not any kind of gift of yours at all. No, no. nobody, Nobody would accuse me of being an actual musician. That was a station, a time in my life where I had a lot of time and a lot of ability to give myself to the church in some very particular ways. And then, you know what? I got married and things changed. I wasn't a college student anymore. I had to work a full-time job, and I had a full-time job before that, but just the same. And then I was in pastor's college and training for ministry, and we're having all these little kids, and, and, and things change. Things change. The normal station of men and women is to be married and have kids or to be a kid in a family. And then there, and then there are the older folks that are still married, right. but the kids are gone. And then there's this small subset that's grown largely because of a refusal to embrace responsibility, but a very small subset of men and women that are, are single and on their own for a very brief period of time. And there are times, and there are people where that time is extended. 
through no fault of their own. But for the most part, by and large, it's just single people who don't want to embrace responsibility. And so when we're talking about ministering to singles, on the one hand, you know, the most important thing that you can say to singles is, hey, grow up and embrace responsibility. And then there are always those people that they are doing those things. They're working, they're pursuing, uh, serving the church. And for one reason or another, the Lord hasn't brought somebody into their lives. And those people are so foolish if they expect that the church is going to build programs around them, the church is going to time things around them, that small groups would be built around them. I mean, it's just... Their place is exceptional, and that's part of what they need to understand. And it can be a very humiliating thing and a very sad thing. And there are certain people that, you know, as a pastor, I do want to be be sensitive to them because for one reason or another, they're not married, but they are caring and serving the church. But on the other hand, you can't preach your sermons for the for the exceptions and you can't build the, the ministries and programs of your church for the for the exceptions. Right. That doesn't mean you don't have a wheelchair ramp or, or right. something like yeah. that. But, you know. Yeah, you, you're accommodating to the needs of those who are weak and that includes people in wheelchairs and it includes people who... You know, sometimes somebody's been single for a long time because they've they've been abused, they've been harmed, and they're broken in some way. Sometimes it's just a you know in a small church, and there just aren't enough people or the right people, or there are any number of reasons. And, and yeah, it is hard. It is hard. I got married when I was twenty three, and it felt like forever. You know, <laughs> and I'm in a room right now with guys who are in their thirties. But guys who, who have given themselves to serving the church and for caring for others, leading a small group, training for ministry, all kinds of things. And, you know, it's not God is wise and good in how he orchestrates our lives. And our job is not to feel sorry for ourselves or uh, have pity parties, but to actually listen to what Paul says in that First Corinthians passage, which is if you are single, you, you have opportunities to serve that other people don't. Right. And... Well, and I've just seen again and 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 again in my life that it's just a principle. I mean, it's a principle that's clearly stated in Scripture, and it's clearly been borne out in my life and in the lives of everyone I've ever observed, that if you're the kind of guy that demands his prerequisites, you don't get them. And if you're the kind of person that has humility, you end up, you know, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you, says James. And that's what you have to do as anybody, but particularly if you're somebody who's tired of being the worker bee that stacks the chairs and that's your only job in the church, then you embrace that job with humility and see what God does. It it, it goes for all walks of life. If you want to get a promotion at your job, then the worst thing you can do is sit around moaning about how you deserve a promotion at your job. The best thing you can do is work hard and be cheerful. And, you know, I mean, I I just feel like this is really obvious stuff, but people are so entitled and so narcissistic that a, a basically decent-ish organization like the Gospel Coalition would not think twice about publishing articles by people who are just saying, like, you know, we really need to think about... And I think probably what they have in mind, let's, let's go ahead and do it full justice, full devil's advocacy. You know, they have in mind, I think probably the ultimate example of who they would have in mind would be a woman. She really wants to get married for whatever reason, right? Guys never asked her. Maybe she's got a pockmarked face or something like that. Let's just yeah, face a, it. a bad complexion. Maybe she's not very attractive. Maybe she, any number of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, she really just wants to, she'd, she'd love to do the work of having a family. She sees the glory of having a family presented from the pulpit and, you know, Christ and the church and body da 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 And, you know, husbands love your wives and wives. And she hears that stuff preached, especially in more reformed circles where we're trying to take back 
what the culture has stolen or eroded or attacked in that way. She sees that lifted up and she feels bad because God hasn't chosen to give that to her. What would you say to that person? I would say God bless you for honoring the Lord with your desires. It is a very difficult time of life to be in, and and it is sad to be alone. And God brings us all through various trials, some longer than others. Our job is to trust the Lord and to walk in his ways and to give ourselves to good things and to grow in contentment. The Lord is enough for each of us in each of our, our stations in life. And if we live our lives thinking the grass is greener on the other side, then we're fools. Married people can be just as lonely or more lonely as single people. And I know that that can sound dumb or patronizing to a single person who's like, yeah, right, you share a bed and you get to make love and whatever else. But it's it's absolutely true. If you're discontent with your life and the, your lot in life as God has given it to you now, then being married isn't going to change that. Because true contentment's found in resting in God and in trusting God and giving yourself to the work God has put in front of you here and now. So I know that there are there are women out there that are will be listening to this who are godly, who want to be married, who want to serve the church, who love children, who want to have children. And men, same and, basic. And, and mm. men as well, yeah, um, in the same boat. Um, I only said woman because it's just like the ultimate the ultimate victim we could all look at and say, oh, sure. you know, that's sad. that is sad. We agree it's sad. Sure, sure. It, it is sad. And, you know, and you're giving yourself to serving in the nursery and care, being a mother to other people's kids and to families in your church. You're helping these young harried moms keep their house clean or these young couples go out on dates or you're setting up chairs and mowing the grass and weeding the flower beds and cleaning the toilets and teaching Sunday school. Yeah, I mean, it, it is and, true. I mean, Paul's absolutely right that uh, the Apostle Paul's absolutely right. You heard it here here, for, here, for, <laughs> here first, folks. Going to go out on a limb and say, Apostle Paul's absolutely right. Single people can actually give their lives in an undiluted way to the work of the church. That's that's cool, you know. I yeah, mean, it is cool, and it doesn't. And it's not necessarily. I know for the whiny young man, yes, humble yourself, go clean those stupid toilets, okay. But you know, if you do humble yourself, you'll quickly find that it actually does involve a lot more than cleaning toilets. You know, God will give you good work to do, and it's a real blessing. Yeah, and the fact is, you know, be, being married is hard work. Caring for and laying down your life for your wife is hard work. Bearing the responsibility of a wife and children is hard work. And there are times where every married man wishes that he just had the freedom to go out and watch Alien Covenant at whatever time you ended (laughs) up watching it last night. But the reality is God has put places in different stations in life. If you belong to God, if you trust in God, he does it for your good. And it is for your good. And it is for the good of his people. You have things to offer. And you are not a special snowflake. So don't wallow in self-pity, grow in contentment, trust the Lord, put your head down, do your work. And as you said, in due time, if you humble yourself before the Lord in due time, he will raise you up. And that may not mean that he, you, you will ever be married, but it, but it will mean that you'll grow in godliness and in stature and in uh, responsibility in the church and in the respect and esteem of others, and certainly in your place in God's kingdom. And so that's what I would say to that person who's a very rare person, the rest of you, shut up, grow up, <laughs> and get over yourself. Because the reality is, yeah, that that article might be penned with that person in mind, 
that particular article, the one, whatever one you're referencing at the Gospel Coalition, but um, 99% of those articles are really just pandering to young millennials who those ministries and websites see as their prime demographic, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just pandering, pandering nonsense. And a lot of young millennials it, wouldn't uh, be single if they just wanted to take responsibility. That's right. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and those who are, you know, like you're saying, the rare group who are genuinely single and have that kind of calling on their life for the Lord, or maybe the calling is just kind of placed by circumstance and not by their desire. They've got to have their hearts set on the kingdom of heaven. They're, okay, I'm going to read it from Isaiah 56, 4, because I like this passage a lot. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, to them I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. And that's what your heart has to be set on. That's the kind of thing as a single person that you need to galvanize you. Like, what do I want? Do I want what the Lord will give me if I if I love him, love his people? Yeah, so many of these articles are written with the implicit idea that what I really want and what everyone should really want is to just belong to the cool club of people that are in the church that are accepted as cool and i mean it's just it's 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 like it's like it's written by the it's like an article written by an unpopular kid in school you know who's just talking about how all the pretty people are popular and and it's just like you know pretty people are popular sorry yeah and then what'll happen if that's the way that you are what'll happen is you know your friends get married and then you start to feel jealous and then you feel betrayed and you feel left out and then you carry a chip on your shoulder and then you get married and then you know, but I don't even know what I'm trying to say. And you see this sort of thing all the time. If you if you have bitterness in your heart as a single person, and God does give you a spouse, then guess what? You're going to carry that into your marriage. That's, That's what right. you're saying, right? Yeah. You're also going to be less likely to attract a good spouse if you're a bitter <laughs> jerk face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might attract a spouse who matches your darkness. Let's get two entitled brats and put them together and see how that works out. Well, it was interesting in pr- preparation to, to, to move on to a slightly different topic. It was interesting reading the great John Calvin on First Corinthians 7. You can tell that the great John Calvin clearly has priesthood and the Catholic Church in mind while he's writing this. And so he's fighting against the idea that singleness has this special calling calling to it the whole time. And he just says, yeah, Paul says that for those who have continency, as is the word that he keeps using, for those who have the gift of continency, then uh, that's great. Be single. Guess what? Almost uh, that's no, probably not you. Probably not you. Almost nobody has that. <laughs> as far as uh, maybe we should talk for a second about the the gift of uh, singleness. I, I think yeah. the way that I think about the gift of singleness is I have the gift of singleness because I'm single. Uh, you know, I mean, right. the, the most helpful way for me to think about it is not as a gift of, or as a calling because it just gets so weird. Yeah, sure, there might be somebody that's called, but to, to even start to think down the line of am I called to be single is, Listen, is just the, so unhelpful. The idea of being called to singleness is the product of super spiritual young men and women who don't want actual responsibility in their lives, but really do want to feel like they're living with their hair on fire for Jesus. Mm. And so what happens to those people is they end up going out on the mission field, they end up going to Africa to save the world, and then they crash and burn, or they end up denying that they have any actual sexual desires, and they may or may not be looking at porn and masturbating. Mm. But then some hot chick 
or some hot guy comes along and suddenly they're on fire and then they get married and then they think, oh no, I was called to singleness and I betrayed my calling and I'm not spiritual anymore. I was too weak. It's a failure. This was weakness. God had higher plans for me, bigger plans for me. But in a moment of weakness, I caved. Now I'm married to this stupid person who's holding me back and is going to keep me from really pursuing the kingdom the way that I completely understand what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, your wife or your husband will hold you back and it's just a mistake and this is all stupid and miserable and it's so wicked and wrong. Mm. It's so wicked and wrong. It's also people in our church who have said those exact words. And the reality is... If you're married, then it's guess what? It looks like God called you to marriage if you're single. That's it. It's over. It's done. And it's not, oh man, the amount of pride... It's not, life is not a choose your own adventure where you have to make all the right choices in order to get to the one perfect result. And if you, you know, go to I page straight 56 outside of God's st- perfect will for right, my life. Yeah. Instead, I'm stuck with God's imperfect will. Oh, <laughs> darn. You know, it's just such a dumb way of thinking of things. God is incredibly merciful and he takes our mistakes, for lack of a better word, and our stupidity and our sin. And if we're humble, he does something good with it. And then, end of story. That's right. And I think the moral of that's that whole line for the single person is really, you really need to get over yourself and even how you think about your singleness. You're called to singleness because you're single. That's just, it's your station in life presently is you are a single person. If you do not, so do what the Apostle Paul tells you to do, which is give yourself with all of the freedom that you have in your life to the service of Christ and his church and to building it up. And if you don't have, as Calvin says, the gift of continency, then probably you should be working on getting married. You should married. work on getting married. You should work towards it. It should be a goal. It is better to marry than to burn. Marriage is the normal state of man. God made Adam, and then he said it is not good for the man to be alone, and he created a woman from Adam's side. That is normal. That's what you should be striving for because most men and women burn. It is better to marry than to burn. So get married. Make it happen. And then there are rare cases, rare enough that we call them eunuchs. And often, I mean, there are actual real... Eunuchy things. Eunuchy things about those people. Mm -hmm. They're real things. Actually, if you want to explore this subject a little bit more, you could listen to The World We Made, our wonderful podcast. I believe episode number five deals a little bit with people who are same-sex attracted, for example, and don't seem to find that changing. Episodes five and six deal with that, and we have some interesting things to say about that. I think um, we go way more into that. Mm-hmm. that that's, a, that's a good place to hear us uh, talk in a different context about some of these same kind of ideas, at least. Yeah, but uh, but you were saying. Yeah, all I'm trying to say is, if you want to grow in godliness and be content, no matter your station in life, you have to give up the idea that God owes you something, mm-hmm. that God owes you a wife and a husband now or yesterday, um, or that God, that if you're a single person, God owes you the to, prestige of of having some kind of special place in His church, a special group in your church, special articles written about you on the internet, special articles complaining to married people about all the things that they should know about you as if they were never single before. Mm. What you need to do is get over yourself 
and you need to put your head down and serve the people of God. And married people and, need to get over themselves and serve the pe- serve God too, you and know. It, and it is obnoxious. There are always oh, those yeah. like young newlywed couples that are like, "I'm married now and I'm special." <laughs> yes, and let me give you some ad- some some advice from the Bible because I can now speak, you know, as a mature Christian now that I'm married. And like you couldn't speak as a mature Christian a week ago. What right. changed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, um we just got an article submitted to us for the motherload at warhornmedia.com where uh, the woman talks about how a couple came, they, they had just given birth to their first son and a couple came into the room, had given birth to their first son eight months earlier and just tried to sit down with them and tell them everything they need to know about raising children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there are people like that out there. Yeah, I mean the whole, you know. And there are people who were like that who've matured beyond it. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Everybody's going to be excited about Everyone's going to always feel the awesomeness of whatever station they have. It's human nature. And everyone's going to always feel the dumbness of every other station. But the thing is to just get over yourself. And there are people that are obnoxious about family values and about the greatness of the family. And there was some 90s Dr. Dobson-y obnoxiousness about that. But we can do another episode on that. Point is, don't use that as an excuse to be bitter and lame and lazy if you're a single person. And if you're the kind of single person who feels acutely your singleness, don't resent people who are trying to love you and be cheerful and encouraging and who say things that hurt your feelings. Like, so when are you going to get married? Gee, I never thought about that before. I haven't been, I don't live in that misery. I haven't worked, I've been working on that for the last five years. Like, thanks for mentioning it. People are always going to say that. Married people have their own version of that, which is, when are you going to have a baby? And it's like, we've yeah. been trying, or we can't, or you don't even know why, how dare you? But you know what? People are just going to always say crap like that. Who cares? Get over it. Or now you've had seven babies. Right. Don't you know what? Don't you know how that happens? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has said that to us for the last three or four babies that we've had. Thank you. Right. For, <laughs> you must have your hands full. Right. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> all right we got it we got it all out of our system ben before mm-hmm. we quit is there anything you want to say to now that now that we've set it up set up that all the you know is there is there what's the one thing that you'd like uh all the, these married people to know about <laughs> you as a single guy and how they can better help you and blah 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 <laughs> is there anything you would say no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think I could say thank you to the many married couples and their families who have let me be a part of their lives. That's what, that's I, what I would want to say. That's what, that's what I was actually going to say. I really, as, as a single person, it is lonely and it can be, you know, I mean, you can just feel starved for human interaction for the voices of human beings and it's really you really learn to love those families that have an open home and let you stay too late at their house or let you come by early or you know even people that are just it's, it's actually one of the places where single people really shoot themselves in the foot when they're not when they're like don't use this as worker bees is actually a good way that married people can minister to single people is precisely by using them as worker bees by mm-hmm. just just not because yeah. they need really need another person to help them move their patio furniture but because it's nice to it's nice to be around it's nice to be part of the family patio furniture moving day it's it's nice to have the kids crawling all over you or whatever you know it's it's just the it's nice to be able to be a dutch uncle and so i if there's one piece of advice i would give to every family it's do what you can with your house and with the resources that you have to have 
have an open home, you know. I've seen, Jake, mm-hmm. you've talked about your wife taking in, uh, and not make it sound like they're street urchins, but just having... Uh, she invites college young girls college over, ladies, yeah. you know, days they don't have class and come in and just be a part of cleaning, read stories to the kids or whatever. That sort of thing is, it's nice. And you, you, you help prepare dinner. You have young college girls that maybe don't know how to cook a meal or don't know how nice opportunity to disciple those girls and to and to and to love them and to uh, make them feel a part of your family and and give them an opportunity to serve uh, we have a single guy that comes and push mows our lawn once a week and have him in for dinner if we can and um, pay him a little bit of money not a lot and it's just the little things that you can do. That's the beauty of the church, and that's how the weak can help the strong, and the strong can help the weak, and it can be this really great, you know, as a established family that has a little bit of money, that has a house, it's really nice when mom and dad can use their strength and be generous with their time and their energy so that they can have more people around so that they can have some of the single people. I mean, I just think it's a big blessing. And if you have read a bunch of these whiny blog posts, you might get the idea that nobody appreciates it, but I appreciate it and Ben appreciates it because we're both wonderful human beings. I'm sure a lot of people uh, appreciate it. I think that that the our stereotypical young uh, lady that's uh, pining away that hasn't been able to get married because she's got a wart on her nose really, really appreciates getting a chance to do a little mothering to your kids and stuff. We definitely see that all the time in our church, I think. Um, So thank you uh, for uh, giving out of your abundance, uh, non-single people. Now, Jake, we've had our say, and we chose to be very generous with it and not really say anything at all against you. What? So bearing that in mind, (laughs) what's the one thing that you'd like to say as a married guy to single guy? If you could just like get something off your chest, a little pet peeve, whatever. What's the what's something that's you're just like, come on, single people, single people, you need to understand this. You just need to be respectful of the fact that married couples actually do have families that they need to care for. And there's always that single guy that thinks that he deserves to meet with each of the pastors once a week and for an hour or two hours. For the most part, we love doing that sort of thing and are happy to to spend time with you guys. But there's always that kind of guy who can be just a little too demanding and presumptuous and be a little too hurt when it's like, uh, my kid's got a soccer game. You can't come over tonight. Like, what? your problems will still be there tomorrow. Your, their, your kids have a limited, mm-hmm. problems will still be there. Your kids have a limited amount of soccer games, though, as every movie that's ever been made has has taught us. So, Ben, be respectful of Jake's time. Right. Stop demanding. Sorry about that. That said, I mean, I, I tell people this, <laughs> and I really do mean it, to come over anytime. Stop by, swing in, and join us for dinner. Stop by after work. More often than not, they're just awesome people that we love that are respectful and they're just bashful about coming over. We just had somebody say, I often think about coming over after work. And then I think, uh, they probably have all this other stuff and don't want to. And, but would it be okay if I came over every once in a while? Just like, sweetheart, we love you. Come over all the time after work, eat dinner with us, read stories to the kids. We'd be glad to have you. We might not be here three nights of the week, but but yeah, come. Come over. Please, for goodness sake. You're not um, denying that person access when you say there's like a very specific kind of obnoxious person that takes advantage of that. There's a very specific kind of, of demanding and then, and then, person who, who thinks they are entitled to your time and is going to feel hurt and wounded when you don't have that time to give exactly when they think they deserve it. Yeah. So 
So single people don't feel hurt and wounded when uh, they don't have time. You know, they've heard the cats in the cradle. They got to bring it be at their kid's soccer game. It's not a big deal. Married people have an open home and be generous and uh, everybody love each other. Strong helped weak. Weak helped the strong. People have different strengths and weaknesses. Single people have certain things they're strong at that married people are weak at and vice versa. Maybe more vice than versa. Maybe more versa than vice sometimes. But the uh, most important thing is we've brought a little sanity in your life and we're just so happy that we could do so. Sound of Sanity today was engineered by Benjamin Sulser, produced by Nathan Alverson, and like all fine Warhorn products, executive produced by Jacob Mensel and Nathan Albert. Until next time, from all your friends at Warhorn Media, stay sane.